Lord Jesus, we are here today because your tomb is empty. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would fall fresh on us today and that many who have heard this story over and over and over again, as we hear it anew, may your Spirit make it new and fresh and may we realize that you really are alive and your empty tomb changes everything. And Lord, we pray your Spirit would work in those that have never heard that, that those who are with us online today, that your Holy Spirit would move and, and you would open eyes and soften hearts and many would hear the gospel for the first time and put their faith in you. And Lord, we pray for the one who speaks that you would forgive him for his sins are many and you would help all of us to see Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, after this week, could you use some good news? Listen, we're going to celebrate some good news today, and here it is. He has risen. He has risen. Um, will the economy you know, ever get back together again? He has risen. Will we ever be able to get a haircut? You ever, <laughs> have you seen people lately? They look kind of, uh, yeah, will we ever be able to get a haircut again? He's risen. Will we ever be able to go out again? He's risen. Um, will, will I have a job when it's all over? He has risen. Will there be football in the fall? He has risen. Well, what, what, what if I get sick? And, and what if I were to die for, from this virus? Listen, he has risen. That's what we're going to look at today. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Luke 24. And if you don't, you can follow on the screens. But let, on the screen, let me just set it up for you a little bit. On Friday... On Friday, Jesus was crucified and he died. And after he died, his body was put into a tomb. And a big stone was rolled over the mouth of the tomb. And a seal, a Roman seal, was placed on it that said, Whoever breaks this seal will incur the wrath of the whole Roman Empire. To keep anything from happening, the Roman guards were placed outside. The disciples were afraid. They're in hiding. Now... It's early Sunday morning. We pick up the story, Luke 24. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Now, the good news about the women, the good news about the women is the women loved Jesus. Now, the bad news about the women is... They didn't believe Jesus. They didn't believe that he was going to rise from the dead. Notice they didn't bring lawn chairs and popcorn to watch the greatest event in the world the day Jesus walked out of the grave. No, what they did was they brought spices so they could continue to prepare his body for burial. Their biggest concern when they came out was, who will move the stone away? Well, that wasn't a problem because when they got there, the stone was already rolled away, wasn't it? And uh, they went in and found the empty tomb. <laughs> I thought of that. The women found an empty tomb, and I get to preach to an empty room. How about that, huh? They found an empty room. I get to preach an uh, empty tomb. I get to preach to, uh, to an empty room. Now, I, I love what comes next. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. Don't you love that word? They were in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, 
These two men are angels. And isn't it interesting that when Jesus was born, it was angels who announced the birth of Jesus to the shepherds? And now that Jesus has risen, it's angels who announce his resurrection to these women. And oh, listen to this. Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Man, I get goosebumps when I hear that. Don't you? Did you hear what he said? Why? Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. A dead man got up and walked out of the tomb, and that event changes everything. Fills our lives with hope today, doesn't he? Oh, why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember? Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again? Don't you remember what he said? Notice how he said he must be delivered. The cross didn't happen to Jesus. The cross didn't happen to Jesus. It was his purpose in coming. His purpose in coming was to save us from our sins. That was his purpose. He came to go to the cross. And he not only died for us, but he rose. It's the resurrection that proves he's conquered our two greatest enemies of sin and death. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. And they returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Good news is for sharing. So they went and told the eleven apostles. Now they were Mary Magdalene of, and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, also the other women. How would you like to be one of the other women? You almost got your name in Scripture, right? They seemed to really love Mary, didn't they? We have Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, also the other w women with them. They were telling these things to the apostles. They went and told the apostles, listen, the tomb is empty. <clears throat> but these words appeared to them as nonsense, and they would not believe them. Do you have doubts that Jesus really rose? You're not alone. The disciples were very, very slow to believe. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen wrappings only, and he went away to his home, marveling at what had happened. Peter ran. He saw that the tomb was empty. What Luke is doing here, he's laying out the evidence for us for the resurrection. An empty tomb. The women saw it. Peter saw it. Now he's going to move on and, and talk about some of the appearances that Jesus made to his disciples. And behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. So these two were not a part of the 12. They were not of the apostles, but they were from the larger group of disciples. And they were headed to Emmaus. What was in Emmaus? Well, I think there was an Episcopal retreat there. Uh, just kidding. I have no idea why they were headed to Emmaus, but they were going to Emmaus. I don't even know where Emmaus was, but what I do know is it's about seven, it was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things which had taken place. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. Now, they're walking along. Along comes Jesus, the resurrected one. Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. 
but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are these words that you're exchanging with one another as you're walking? What is this you guys are talking about? And they stood still looking sad. One of them named Cleopas answered and said to him, uh, once again, one of the men is named Cleopas. The other guy almost got his name in scripture, but didn't, right? One of them named Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? And Jesus said to them, what things? <laughs> Don't you see how much Jesus is enjoying this moment? He walks up to them, what are you guys talking about? And don't you know what's happening? What things? Listen, Jesus knew he's enjoying this moment in just a moment. In just a few moments, he is going to share with them the greatest news that anyone has ever heard. He has risen, that a dead man got up and walked out of the tomb and is alive. In just a moment, he was going to open their eyes and they were going to see the greatest thing that anyone had ever seen, a dead man who was alive. But for the moment... Jesus is enjoying this, isn't he? What things? And they said to him, the things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty indeed and word in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it is the third day since these things happened. Now, the disciples didn't really understand what was going on. And, and the reason is in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, there were two pictures of the coming Messiah. There were two pictures of the coming Savior. One was of a conquering king and one was of a suffering servant. One was of the mighty lion of Judah, and the other was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And they were really hoping, they were really hoping for that conquering king who would overthrow the Roman government. But really those two pictures were of Jesus' two comings. That Jesus would come the first time, this time, time is the Lamb of God, the suffering servant to take away our sins, but always coming back. And when he comes back, he'll be that conquering king, that roaring lion of Judah. But also some women among us amazed us. When they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women also had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish men, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. Now, I want you to notice here, Jesus has a very high view of Scripture. These things were necessary because they were written in the Word. Listen, do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? I do. And you know why I do? Because Jesus does. That's why. When I first heard about Jesus, when I first heard about the Bible, I, I just took it like any other story. But in the Bible, I met Jesus. And when I met Jesus, I trusted Him as my Lord and Savior. And when I said, Jesus, I want to follow you... <clears throat> and I became one of his disciples, I noticed that Jesus believed the Bible is the Word of God, and so do I, and I would encourage you to do the same thing. 
I want you to notice as well that the Bible is a story about Jesus. Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in the scriptures. The Bible is one story from Genesis to Revelation. It's gospel. It's a great rescue story. It's so important. See, a lot of people believe the Bible is about religion. And religion is man seeking to save himself. But really, the Bible is the gospel. Jesus seeks and saves the lost. See, a lot of people, when they think the Bible's about religion, they think it's about what we do. It's spelled D-O. Do this and this and this and this, and you might go to heaven. <laughs> but listen, no, no. The, the gospel is spelled D-O-N-E. Jesus did it all. He came to seek and save the law, lost. He did it all, and his resurrection proves it. And they approached the village where they were going, and he acted as though he were going farther, but they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is getting toward evening, and the day is nearly over. So when he, he went in to stay with them, they said, Jesus, come and eat with us. And maybe you say, well, man, I wish I could invite Jesus to come to my house and eat. You can, you know. I mean, my favorite verse is where Jesus says he stands at the door of our hearts and knocks, and if if we'll invite him, he'll come in and he'll dine with us and, and, and us with him. Won't you invite him in? When he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread. When he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it. And breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? Notice, <clears throat> Jesus opened their eyes and their hearts burned. Do you know this is my story? Many years ago when I was invited to Young Life and I went and my Young Life leader opened the Bible, you know what happened? Jesus opened my eyes. He opened my eyes and my heart burned. I saw myself as I had never seen myself as a sinner. I saw how Jesus had died for me and rose and I, and I said, Jesus, come in and be my Lord and Savior. And you know what I'm praying for you today? Oh, I'm praying for you that Jesus would open your eyes that he would open your eyes, that your heart would burn over your sins and the beauty of, your, of Jesus. And if you've never received him, that you would receive him today in his free gift. And they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them, saying, The Lord has really risen and appeared to Simon. They began to relate their experience on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. Good news is for sharing. When the women heard good news, they shared it. When the two heard good news, they shared it. Do you often share the good news that he has risen, do you? Now Luke is telling us about different stories. He, the story of the women, the story of the two. Now he's moving on to the 11, to the apostles. <clears throat> While they were telling these things, he himself stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they were seeing a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Now notice, they were filled with doubts. Do you have doubts? But notice, Jesus doesn't scold them. What Jesus does with doubts is he gives them evidence. See? See my hands and my feet? 
that it is I myself, touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Do you have doubts? Jesus said, look at my hands. Look at my feet. Listen, I'm alive. See my hands, my feet. Do you know that his hands, his feet bore the marks of love. They bore the marks of love. How much does Jesus love you and me? Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. When Jesus rose bodily from the grave, he still had his wounds to show us how much he loved us. They still had doubts. Listen, while they still could not believe it because of their joy and amazement, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it, and it ate it before them. Jesus ate because ghosts don't eat. Now, I want you to know, Jesus rose bodily from the grave. He has risen, and he promises us, too, that if we believe in him, one day, too, our bodies will be raised from the grave. And our best days in our bodies on earth will be in the future and, and not in the past. Now he said to them, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all the things that are written about me and the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, all written about me in the Old Testament, must be fulfilled. See again how high of a view of Scripture Jesus says, all the things about me must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. Wow, he opened their mind. And what a Bible study this must have been as Jesus explained to his disciples about him throughout the Old Testament. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the day, the third day. And so we went back and he, and he said, Don't you remember what God said to Adam? That the Savior would be born of a woman, and I was. And don't you remember what God said to Abraham? That I would be, come from the, be a descendant of Abraham, and I am. And don't you remember, the Old Testament said I would come from the tribe of Judah, and I have. And don't you remember that the Old Testament said I would come from the family of David, and I have. And don't you remember that God said I would be born in Bethlehem, and I would be born of a virgin, and I was. And don't you remember... All the sacrifices in the Old Testament, don't you? All those sacrifices were a reminder that we have a problem called sin, that the penalty for sin is death, and that the blood of animals would never take away sin. What we needed was a blameless, a perfect person to die in our place. Ah, that was the message of the Old Testament. I am that one who died and rose and fulfilled the Old Testament. And that repentance... For forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You were witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. You've seen me alive. Soon the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out on you, and I want you to go and tell everyone. And, and they did. They went and told everyone, right? And that's why we're here today. And he led them out as far as Bethany. Interesting that Jesus would ascend into heaven from Bethany. In Bethany, just a little before this, Jesus would raise Lazarus from the dead. And now we find Jesus risen from the dead. And he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he, he parted from them and was carried up <clears throat> into heaven. 
And they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising God. What did we learn in Luke 24? He has risen. He has risen. Now, now here's the Here's the action step. What I, what I want you to do in response to that today is I want you to believe the gospel. I want you to believe the gospel, and I want you to know the word gospel means good news. I don't want you to believe in good moral teaching or believe in good works. I want you to believe in good news about a real person named Jesus who really lived, died, and rose. And I want you to believe in that he's risen because it's true. It's true. Listen, the New Testament says Jesus rose from the grave on the third day. He appeared to his disciples over a period of 40 days with many convincing proofs. There was the empty tomb. There was the women. There was the two. There was the 11. He appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time after he rose from the grave. That's why we should believe that it's true. You know why we should believe that it's true? Because if the disciples made it up, they would never have portrayed themselves so badly. What? If the disciples had made up the story of the resurrection, they never would have portrayed themselves so badly. Let me illustrate. When, when our son Caleb went to play football at Florida, the coach at Florida at that time was Urban Meyer. And since Caleb was going there, I bought a book called The Urban Way. And when I read the book, The Urban Way, there was not one negative thing about Urban Meyer in the whole book. It was all positive, nothing negative. If the disciples made up the story of the resurrection, they never would have said that they were so slow to believe. They would have told, said that the women and that the disciples all believed that Jesus was going to rise, that they had taken chairs and popcorn and they were there to witness the greatest event in history. But no. They say, we didn't believe it was going to happen because they didn't. That's how we know it's true. But, listen, we do see how the resurrection changed their lives, right? These men who were slow to believe, these men who were afraid, when they saw Jesus alive, when the Holy Spirit fell upon them, they did go out. And they did make disciples who made disciples, and that's why we're here today. Wow, there was the changed lives of the apostles. And you... You know, too, we should believe it because it's true, because that's what the Bible taught. Jesus put such value on the Scriptures. Did you see that? Like in verse 26, was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter His glory, then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets? Listen, the Bible said it. It's true. Didn't you hear that in, in verses 44 through 46, right, that all the things that are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer. I could lay out evidence and evidence and evidence, but I want you to know, even when Jesus was right in front of the two or right in front of the eleven, until Jesus opened their eyes, they didn't believe. And though I pray for you, that you would believe it's true because Jesus would open your eyes, open your eyes that it's true, it's true, it's true, he's risen. I want you to believe the gospel because it's true. I want you to believe the gospel because it's good news. It's good news. Listen, his resurrection proves that our two greatest enemies of sin and death have been defeated. Sin and death have been defeated. Let me show you that. <clears throat> In 1 Corinthians 15, 
Starting in verse 3, the Apostle Paul writes, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. Now, listen, it's not important that we understand everything in Scripture, but you don't want to move, miss this. This is what's of most importance. What is of most importance in the Bible? The gospel. And what is that? That Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. The central message of the Bible is the gospel. And the bad news of the gospel is we have a problem called sin. See, Christ died for our sins. The word sin means that we have committed a, a crime against God. And do you know that's true of all of us? The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have committed crimes against God. Well, how do we commit a crime against God? Well, it can be in, in, in deed or in thought or in word. That meant, ha have you ever stolen anything? Ever, maybe? Or uh, maybe ever disobeyed your parents or maybe engaged in sex outside of, outside of marriage. That's a crime against God in our deeds. can be our words. Jesus said that if we call someone a fool, that that's a crime against God. Have you ever done that? I mean, do you drive? Come on, right? You jerk! Um, we, can, we can commit crimes against God in our thoughts. If we have a lustful thought, ever, ha ever have a lustful thought or jealousy or envy or anger? A crime against God is not only what we do, say, and think, but could be what we fail to do, that we fail to love God with all of our heart and soul and mind and fail to love our neighbor. Do you know that's true of all of us? We've all committed crimes against God, and, and because of that, we're in big trouble. Listen, it's important to understand what God is like, that God is just. God can't just wink at our sins and say it doesn't matter. No, God is just. Sin must be punished. See, that's our problem. We've sinned against God who must punish sin and we can't save ourselves. What do you mean? You, you see, the problem with good works trying to save ourselves is good works don't work. And you say, well, what do I mean? Well, let's say that a friend of yours made you some brownies, okay? She made you some brownies and she brought you the brownies and said, I made these out of the finest ingredients. They're, it's made out of gourmet ingredients and, and I just put a little bit, I just put a little bit of dog poop in it. Um, how much dog poop would be too much for you to eat? I mean, 50-50, still too much? How about 90-10? Listen, if there was any dog poop in there, you would say, man, I'm not eating that, right? And yet somehow we think that we can take our good deeds and we can mix it with our bad deeds and then somehow we're going to serve that up to God and it's going to taste good to God and God's going to say, let us in. No, no, we have a problem our sin. We have committed crime after crime against God, and we can't save ourselves. That's the bad news. But once you understand the bad news, the good news is really good, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Listen, the problem is inside of us sin. That means the solution is outside of us. It's Jesus, that Jesus is God the Son who put on flesh and came to earth. So God the Son comes to earth, lives a perfect life for us, and then died for our sins. See, Jesus didn't have any sin. So on the cross, here's what happened. Jesus took all of our sins upon himself. And what he did was he took the wages of sin, which is death. He died in our place for our sins so that we could have the free gift of eternal life in him. Jesus took our sins. He died in our place, paying in full the penalty for our sins. That's why he cried out from the cross, it is finished or paid in full. And then he rose and that proves it. His resurrection proves he'd conquered sin and death and death couldn't hold him anymore. 
that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures and that He was buried and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the Twelve. After that, He appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time. So Jesus rises from the grave, proving He had conquered our greatest enemies of sin and death, and He offers us the greatest gift ever given, the gift of eternal life. The gift of eternal life. Listen to this, for God so loved the world. It's not just that he loved the world, for God so loved the world that he gave, what? His only begotten son to live and die and rise for us. Notice that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So he offers us the gift of eternal life. And and two questions come to mind. First, what is eternal life? What is eternal life and how do we receive it? What is eternal life? It's a free gift. It's a free gift. What is eternal life? It's the forgiveness of all of our sins. What would you pay to be forgiven? What if I told you you could be forgiven as a free gift? You can. Eternal life is the forgiveness of all of our sins, past and present and future. What is eternal life? It is an abundant life now and then life that lasts forever. Jesus said, I came that they may have life and may have it abundantly. Eternal life is the forgiveness of our sins. It's the opportunity to do life with Jesus and for Jesus. It's the opportunity to do eternity with Jesus and for Jesus. I want you to understand, people are forever. We are forever. When we die, it's either eternal life or eternal punishment. Listen, it's either either heaven or hell. That's why it's so important we receive the free gift of eternal life so that we can have eternal life, that we can have heaven and not hell. So what is eternal life? Listen, it's forgiveness for sins. It's an abundant life now. It's life that lasts forever. And how do we receive this free gift? How do we receive it? By faith in Jesus. Do you hear what Jesus said? That whoever believes in him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. The way we receive this free gift is we believe in Jesus. And uh, you say, well, what does it mean to believe in Jesus? It really is as simple as A, B, C. Don't you like simple things? Listen, to believe in Jesus is to admit, and then believe, and then commit. To believe in Jesus begins when we admit, Jesus, you're right, I've committed crime after crime against God. Is that where, will you do that? It's when we believe, Jesus, I believe you really did die and rise for me. And then we commit to Jesus as Savior. Jesus, I want you to come in and be my Savior and forgive me and give me eternal life. Will you do that? And then we commit to him as Lord. Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I surrender to you. And and from this day forward, as you give me strength, I will follow you all the days of my life. Wow. Wow. Won't you receive this free gift? I want to give you an opportunity to to receive the greatest gift ever given right now. And and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead us in prayer. And I'll give you an opportunity to, to tell Jesus you really want this free gift. And then at the end of this prayer, I'm going to ask you to let me know. Because I'd love to know that today's the day that you receive this free gift. Because I'd love to celebrate with you. And I'd love to pray with you. Or I'd like to pray for you. So... So let's all close our eyes now and and let's pray. Jesus, we are so glad that you lived and died so that you could offer to us a free gift of eternal life. Listen, if if you've never received Jesus, if you've never received his free gift of eternal life, 
and you long to be forgiven. You, you long to do life with him and for him. You long to do eternity with him. Jesus is here, and he's far more concerned with the attitude of your heart than the words that you say. But won't you repeat after me as we tell Jesus how you'd really like this free gift, won't you? Lord Jesus, I acknowledge to you that I have sinned against you in many ways. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. I want you to come into my life and be my Savior and forgive me of all my sins and give me the gift of eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, Jesus, I pray for those who've prayed that prayer that you would assure them that when we believe in you, you do give us eternal life. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, for those of you who prayed that prayer for the first time, I'm sure you've prayed many prayers, but that'll be the most important prayer you ever pray because Jesus said when we believe in him, he gives us the free gift of eternal life. Listen, won't you let me know? Won't you just, won't you just put in the comments section, yes, yes? Won't you just put yes to let me know? I'd love to know that. Or, or maybe you don't want it to be public so you can direct message me. Will you direct message me and just say yes, yes, will you? Or, or would you like to email me? Just email me at smiley at goodnewsloves.com and say, listen, I received that gift today. I'd love to celebrate with you and I'd love to pray for you. Tell someone. When you tell someone else, Jesus will become more real to you. And now I want to talk for a moment to the believers here. Hopefully now all of you have received this gift. Listen, what have we learned today? We learned that he is risen. So I want you to believe the gospel. I want you to believe. I want you to believe that you've been forgiven. I want you to enjoy that abundant life now. I want you to look forward to the future. And listen, this week, this week when worries creep in, and they will, won't they? I mean, don't you love what Jesus said? Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? This week... When doubts creep in and worry, I, I want you to believe the gospel. Sometimes it's the past, isn't it? I mean, anybody else in here ever failed? Man, I have. Do you, do you ever get overwhelmed by your failures? I do. And when I do this week, what I want to do, what I encourage you to do is to believe the gospel. He's risen. He is risen. And that means I'm forgiven. It means we are forgiven of all of our sins, past and present and future. Listen, the gospel is good news for the past. But the gospel is good news for the present. Wow. I mean, maybe this week you'll be overwhelmed by all the changes happening, right? I mean, it seems like every day things change, right? And when things change, let's remember to believe the gospel. He's risen. And you know what? That means we're not alone. And the one we're doing life with, you know what comforts me during this time? That Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so when everything seems to be changing this week and you're filled with worry, remember we're not alone and Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? Sometimes it's the past, sometimes it's the present, sometimes it's the future, right? I mean, what if I get sick and, and what if I die? When I find myself worried about the future, what, what I do and what I encourage you to do is to believe the gospel. He's risen. Jesus was dead. Now he's alive. He tells us that the best is yet to come. When we're worried about the future this week, let's believe the gospel that we can live every day of our lives knowing that the best is yet to come. 
You see, the gospel is good news for you as believers, so believe it. Good news for the past and present and future. But listen, it's good news for everyone. Good news is for sharing. So this week, won't you share with someone else what you've learned, won't you? Listen, won't you pray for opportunities this week to share what we learned today? Won't you share with someone this week? Hey, could I share with you what we learned in church on Sunday? What we learned is He has risen. And if they ask you, well, what does that mean? Then you can share with them. You've been listening, right? That He's conquered sin and death for us and will for you too. This week when you're talking with someone and listen, they're worried about their past, when they say, listen, I've really messed up, step toward them and say, me too. But then share with them, know what we learned in church on Sunday? That he is risen. And that means when we believe in Jesus, we can be forgiven of all of my, our sins. Wouldn't you like to be forgiven? You can. And this week, when someone is sharing with you, man, every day, everything seems to change. I'm just looking for something to hang on to. Share with them what you learned, okay? Hey, know what we learned in church on Sunday? He has risen. When we believe in Jesus, we get to do life with the one who never changes. Wouldn't you like to do life with Jesus? You can, you know. And this week, when you're with someone and they're, they're really scared about getting sick and dying, listen, lean toward them and just say, hey, me too. Me too. But know what we learned in church on Sunday? We learned that he has risen. And when we believe in Jesus, we know the best is yet to come. Wouldn't you like to do life knowing the best is yet to come? Listen, you can do it. You can do it. You know Jesus. You've been given the Holy Spirit. You've been listening. Why not go and share with others what you have heard today? He has risen. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, help us who believe in you to believe the gospel this week. It's good news for us, for the past, the present, and the future. And Lord, I pray that each of us this week as we go out, as we're deployed throughout our county and community, that we would have opportunities to share what we've learned with others today, that he has risen. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for being with us, for celebrating his, his resurrection with us today. Love to see you next week. Next week, we have a really special message called Blessed and a Blessing. And we're going to learn how Jesus wants to bless you and then make you a blessing to others, okay? So let me send you out this week full of hope, okay? Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.